Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com, including a new article we've posted that goes deep into the details with just about everything you need to know if you are planning a trip to Gunnison and Crested Butte. We put this guide together because we get a lot of people asking us questions about how best to get here or where to stay, etc. And this new guide we've assembled will answer a lot of those questions. Furthermore, the guide also includes links where you can find current flight information into Gunnison, And there are now quite a few more flight options than ever before. So check that out. And we have included a link to this getting here guide in the show notes to this podcast episode. So yeah, check it out and come see us. Okay, our guest today is Jackie Peso, the American skier who now calls Sweden home. Jackie has a new film coming out called The Arctic 12. And honestly, this is one of the most raw ski films I have ever watched. Ever. And I'd also argue that if you made a list of the most important ski films to watch before you were to go undertake a longer group adventure of your own, well, The Arctic 12 should be on that list. We have a link to the Arctic 12 trailer in the show notes of this episode, and we also have a link to the schedule of where the film is going to be screened, so check out both of those things. But for now, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Jackie Peso. Here we go. Well, Jackie, how are you today and where are you today? Doing great. I'm in Ora, Sweden at the moment. And you spend a lot of time there, no? Yeah, this is this is home to me these days. How long have you now been living like full-time in Sweden? I think I've been full-time in Sweden for about seven years now. Have you adjusted? Have you taken to the place? Um, it's becoming more and more like home. Of course, like I'm not 100% fluent in Swedish yet. And there's, there's you know, it's... It's not home. It's not where I grew up, but I start missing it like I used to miss the States. Um, So, yeah, I I think I'm starting to adjust to it. It's nice. I've never heard anybody put it that way. Like when you start missing a place like maybe we miss where we're originally from, that's a good sign maybe that a place is becoming more more homelike. Yeah. Yeah, you get start getting homesick for for your new your new location for the new spot. Okay, let's maybe give people a a bit of background here before we we dive into um, a new film release of yours, which we're going to be talking about here. But give people a bit of your backstory here. Where where was home originally? So I grew up in the East Coast, uh, between Massachusetts and Maine. Um, Family's still back in Maine, or a few of them. And then I lived out in Tahoe for about 10 years. That's where I lived before moving out to Sweden. I was a mogul skier, and then I got into free ride when I was out in Tahoe. Uh, coach, I was coaching at Alpine Meadows, um, and then I was coaching for the squad, now the Palisades, um, freestyle teams back in the day. 
So spent some time out there and then found found free ride out west. Got more like full time into big mountain competitions and ended up in Europe somehow after all that. <laughs> well, wait a minute. How did you end up in Europe somehow? Um, so I started doing, I don't know if you know, the free, you remember the free skiing world tour events. Um, yep. I did a few of those. And then I remember JT Holmes was telling me about this thing called the free ride world tour. Um, I didn't know really much about it, but I wanted to try and get in. Um, so I asked for a wild card, I think in 2009, uh, to the tram face and I got one. And I did not really perform at all. So I kind of was like, oh, well, that was that. I think I remember I asked for a wild card to Verbier afterwards because I didn't really understand what Verbier was. They probably laughed at me. Um, I got rejected. And (laughs) then uh, the following year, so leading up into 2010, JT and I were talking a little bit about it. And he was going to do it along with Timmy Dutton. And he... uh, he sent over email and wrote a recommendation. And the next day I got a response from the tour and I got another wild card to come into to Chamonix and to Feverbun. Had like mediocre results and literally had to beg to get into the tram phase at Squaw. Um, it wasn't like I was, I think I was fifth overall or something like that. So it wasn't like I was you know, at the back 83rd. of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't good enough for them to give me a spot for my home mountain at the time. Um, so all the girls were like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta ask like Nicholas Hale Woods, the organizer, like you gotta, like you gotta let Jackie in. And I hate asking for stuff. So this was hard for me, but a couple beers in, uh, Nicholas gave me a wild card. <laughs> This is the night before the contest, so like none none of my friends, no one knew um, that I was in there. I remember like somebody's like, oh, you know, the morning out there, like, oh, maybe next time, Jackie. It's like, no, 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 I get I get to go, I get to compete, and and then I won. So it was, and then I ended up like first overall after that, and got to go to Verbier and everything, and I just have continued to qualify for the tour for I think it was like eleven years qualified for the 12th year too, but I retired. Um, and the second year, so 2011, I met my husband or well, my husband to be, uh, Raina Barkrid. Well, I met him before. I don't really remember him that much, but <laughs> you and I have had an interesting <laughs> sort of pre-conversation about yeah. Meeting people, not quite remembering meeting people. Okay, so I want to hear this story. Well, I mean, I kind of, I guess I met him in 2009. His girlfriend was there. His girlfriend Ah. at the time was there. And I was super shy and, and, you know, all these big names like Cody and all all the free riders, Jen Ashton, uh, and then the Europeans who I had no idea who they were. Um, couldn't even pronounce half their names. Uh, and I'm just like this super intimidated, shy person. Uh, so I don't really remember much of that. And then in 2010, I think he was still with the same girlfriend. And I don't know, I was, I was off looking other way. (laughs) 
and then the following year we were in La Cusa for a qualifier and everyone was there as like a warm-up event before the tour started in Chamonix and I remember uh Ted Davenport he yelled hey Rita like is your girlfriend here too he's like no I'm single or something to that effect and I was like hmm noticed (laughs) (laughs) noticed yeah so nothing happened there but the following at Chamonix it was like it was your typical like you know he and he ended up on the podium there was alcohol involved it was a long night somebody pushed him into my room at the end of the night you know we were like talking in the hallway and I was just like just get in there uh my roommate had conveniently left early uh all the stars aligned and then uh, we've been together ever since (laughs) I like this podium champagne all the stars aligning roommates potentially playing their parts getting out of the way at the right times okay this is that's a good story he wasn't even afraid about my i was i was talking on the way back one of my friends she's like jackie you smelled so bad up there i was like i know i get nervous i have nerve gas (laughs) and like we're sitting in a bus because we had to get shipped to Cormier, and it's me Raina and my friend. So we're just having this conversation about how I'm farting on top of the mountain. (laughs) This is before we ever took it to the next level. And he's still, yeah, he stuck around. Wow. Yeah. That's how you know it's the one. (laughs) I think think that's how you know. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. We maybe should just end the conversation there. And uh, I I don't know how we're going to top this, but... um. I do actually, I am curious, you just told this story pretty quickly about begging your way into into a comp. You said two beers later you were in and then you won. What did you say over the course of those two beers? I feel like I feel like there might be some key notes for those of us, you know, trying to make things happen. Did you go the aggressive approach? Like, what are you thinking, you moron? I deserve to be here. Did you, was it more diplomatic than that? I think it was more diplomatic than that. Um, and I had, like, because this was before the tour provided housing for all the athletes. So I was living in Utah at the time. So I took in, I think, like, four of the athletes were staying with me. So they were, like, drinking. They're like, they were like, you have to let Jackie in. You have to let her. In. So I, I had some backup too. Gotcha. Yeah, I had I had some backup, but I I don't. Yeah, like I'm not that. I'm not a smooth talker or anything like that. Like I, I think it's just that that's that second beer, you got a little softer and <laughs> got a little more forgiving. <laughs> so a solid support group and letting alcohol once again do its do its thing play its play its role to bring down barriers that may have initially been in place yeah, exactly got it okay we'll write those those <laughs> lessons down okay so where are we in the narrative so you and Raina are then together what what year are we now this is 2011 got it okay yeah. my god that was 10 years ago yeah Give us a bit of a take on the last decade. Well, I mean, the last decade, it's been rain, mostly Rain and I together on the Free Red World Tour. 
um, hoping that the other person qualifies each year. <laughs> so you get to keep these trips going, huh? Especially in the beginning when, you know, like when it was new, cause we, we, we didn't like move in until maybe three or four years into the relationship because <clears throat> we had this flexibility. So it was possible for us to go back and forth, but it was always that big question. It's like, Oh, what if, what if Raina doesn't qualify this year? Or what if Jackie doesn't qualify this year? Cause there's, you know, you have like one person will have a year where they'll win maybe one contest and kind of get them in a good placing right off the bat and the, vice versa. But it always seemed to, to work out in the end. So we traveled, yeah, we traveled the circuit together for 10 years. Is that a record? Is that a couple's record? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> 10 years as a couple on the tour. 2011 to 2020 was my last season. Got it. Yeah. Still a record, we think. For, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure. This is a this is a low key amazing record. Like this this I feel like deserves more. Maybe more people are already sort of aware of this. I'm I'm just I'm late. I'm slow. So putting <laughs> two and two together at customarily late, but um, that's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. We were we've been we've been. I guess the freeride roll tour like. As much as you know, you have those moments where you absolutely hate competition, which is actually, it's more me, not Raina. He loves it no matter what. I'm not a very good loser. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a big part of the reason why we are married and together and going to be having a kid. Going to be having a kid. Say more. Uh, yeah, so we... We have a, a little one on the way, end of February. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Like I said, I'm always late to the party <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the news. So um, we, just, we just came out with it maybe, I don't know, a few, few days ago. Wow. So we're, we're 21 weeks in and so far, so far, so good. Okay, so Elise Sogstad and you... We're we're about to have um, you know no pressure little tiny babies, but um, the world might be might be getting introduced to the next uh, next generation of of uh, ripping skiers here. So, um, well, congratulations! That's huge, obviously. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, we've already made plans that they're going to be friends. Okay, good. I'm glad <laughs> that's already. I'm glad that's already being worked out. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? That's obviously. Uh, as big of a life change as one can experience perhaps it's it's weird i always thought for the longest time that if i got if i became pregnant it would be kind of like this nice like pause where i would just be like yeah i don't care like go send that cliff go mountain bike go hit that jump whatever i'm pregnant i'm just gonna relax i'm just gonna chill um, I thought it would be like a nice pause from feeling like I need to go out there and push myself. Instead, it's a little bit more like torture, to be honest. Uh, I still want to go out there and do stuff. So I have to, like, I'm glad mountain bike season, I kind of stayed away from mountain biking as much as possible because I realized it was really hard for me to just take it easy. We'll see how it goes with skiing. Uh, so like this whole, the whole like being pregnant part, 
Um, I'm definitely not one of those ladies. I was like, oh, it's the best part of my life. Like being pregnant is awesome. And I'm really happy that we are pregnant. I'm really happy for like what hopefully is going to come of it and everything. Um, but this whole like, I want to get out there. I want to do stuff. So it's, so it's different. Um, and then there's of course, like we're super excited. I think we're really naive because we have all these ideas of what life is going to be like afterwards. Um, and so some of our friends or parents are probably laughing at us, <laughs> uh, but we're going to try our best to, to, yeah, to kind of keep things going as close to how life is at the moment. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It's, it's really exciting and and a little bit terrifying at the same time so that seems about right to me yeah from afar not having uh you know been in this situation that that seems about right i'm just gonna say this because you and i have been having a pretty honest conversation uh so far and before we hit the record button you just got me thinking about for the first time ever like in a lot of ways the great unknown is death right Maybe number two on that list is <laughs> we're about to have a kid. Yeah. Is there, am I missing something here? It seems like if we're ranking these things. Raina has noticed that all of our friends before that were like, oh, it's great. Yeah, you guys need to have kids. Now that we're actually going to have a kid, the information that they tell us is a bit more honest and real. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell us this beforehand? But of course, like you probably wouldn't have kids if, if you knew all of this stuff. Um, but there's like a huge unknown. I think the unknown of like what this little person is going to be like, I mean, we have our ideas, <laughs> but they could be not interested in skiing or the mountains or whatever. Like there's, that's that's just how it is. For me, there's like the big unknown of like how everything's going to go after, like how my body is going to react and recover and everything. So it's been interesting trying to like plan a season, not really knowing like what's like, there's a lot of question marks uh, in that next, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight, ten. I don't know, probably 18 years, <laughs> 21 years. Yeah, I think that's about right. And, you know, actually come to think of it when we're thinking about the sort of great unknowns, if death is one, having a kid is two, perhaps undertaking an expedition, maybe that's number three, which would serve as an interesting segue into this film of yours called The Arctic 12, where... Yeah, I think it's fair to say some things maybe didn't go quite according to the initial vision. Yeah, that is, uh, that's one way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) That is one way of putting it. I have never watched a ski film like this, full stop, no exaggeration. So tell us about the initial vision for this project which is not where we ended up but how long ago did you start (laughs) sort of having in mind a project and where was this supposed to take place 
So the original idea was that we we're supposed to do a, a roughly a two month traverse in Alaska um, with a different team. Uh, it was a friend of mine, Aaron Diamond, out of Jackson Hole that had he has a ton of ideas of things to do, um, and we were trying to put together a team to do a project um, in AK. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because there's still a part of me that would. <laughs> like to potentially do it yeah and jackie the planning for this was were these conversations taking place like pre-covid yeah i think we started in 2019 we we met aaron and i met on a little like mini trip we were camping out in uh, denali for a couple weeks it was his girlfriend and my friend Iris Lazareski. So like Jackson crew, I hopped on to the trip at the last minute. It was a ski vacation, basically. Um, and then Aaron approached me later on with some some ideas. So we started talking about this way back then. And we're working on that project for with with the idea of going with that project for over a year. Um, COVID hit. So that made funding because something like that is even larger to to imagine and then we also had issues with permitting so originally we were denied and Cody Townsend informed me that they had made some recent changes and I but this was like we're getting to a point where we just didn't have enough time to still move forward there was still so much that we had to do that kind of put on it got put on hold um, when we got rejected for the original permit and everything. So I started looking into other options. And part of the team that's over in Le Grave, they had an idea of doing something in France. Um, but then France was kind of on full lockdown over there. So we're like, well, Sweden's been the most lenient of I think pretty much every single country and we, uh, I mean, there's still, there's so many areas in Sweden that I hadn't been to and wanted to discover. And I just kind of started looking, um, getting some ideas of what would make it interesting. Like I wanted to do something that was like on the similar, I wanted to do some sort of traverse. I wanted to be out there for a while. I wanted it to be challenging. Um, I wanted it to be a beautiful landscape and, and, and some skiing. Um, so we actually, we had like two months to kind of put together the whole like plan for the Arctic 12. We just like shifted everything and we're like, all right, <clears throat> Raina, you're going to be done with competition. You can join the production team that was just going to do post-production. One of the guys is like, okay, now you can come and be a part of this as a filmer. Cause we had, we had a different different crew for Alaska. So it was, it was kind of, yeah, it was like two months of planning with the route and all the logistics that were specific to the Arctic 12. Say a bit more about the landscape, the objectives, like help people like get a real sense of like, okay, so what is this expedition? Where is this happening? Yeah. So basically when I started looking up in so northern Sweden. So this is eleven hours north of where I live, and I live eight hours by car north of Stockholm. So it's 
it's up there um in in the north um there's uh, i started doing some research and i noticed that there's these 12 peaks that all happen to be over 2000 meters because we don't we don't have really high mountains in sweden everything starts like starts a lot lower um and i noticed that there were there happened to be 12 peaks that are all over 2000 meters um and it was kind of interesting because one of them had been recently discovered uh back in 2016 um they like done a new land survey of the whole area and they realized that it was i think originally at 1997 1997 meters and when they remeasured it it was just over 2000 2004 it was like oh it'd be kind of fun like to connect all of these 12 peaks um and and it would take us through Sarik National Park which is considered the last wilderness of Europe. It's beautiful. It's like very untouched. There's there's not a lot of you know you have um the Samis, the reindeer herders that are in there, but other than that there's there's no really mountain huts. There's maybe like a rescue shelter or something like that, but um snowmobiles are not allowed to go in there unless it's for work or or rescue. Um, and then we would be going through Stora Hufelet National Park. Um, again, another really beautiful area. And then as we got further up north, um, so around 250 or K or so into the trip, we start getting out of the national parks, um, into this area. It's like in around Kebnekaise, which is the tallest peaks in Sweden. Um, and there you have a bit more, it, it's not in the national park. So there's snowmobiles, there's helicopters, there's mountain lodges and huts and stuff. So you have a lot more people recreating in that area. And I had actually been in that area before a few times. Um, so that was, it was, you know, that area was interesting, but for me, it was really about exploring Sarik and Storhufelet. Um, especially cause even Reina, who's from Sweden, he had never really been into Sarik. Uh, Martin, the filmer, he had been through Sarik on what's called the Kungsleden. So a hiking trail in the summer that runs, oh, I think it's over 400 kilometers. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but not through like the heart of where all the mountains are. He hadn't really been through there before. So remote spot to say the least. And not just a remote spot, but linking up a number of mountains. So how many days were you thinking this was going to take? And and how broad of a window or how narrow of a window had you given yourselves to go get this done? We figured it would take about 23 days, like 23 movement days to get everything done. I think we gave ourselves five weather days, which Raina thought was ridiculous. Didn't need that many? Too few or too... Too few. Too few in, up in that part of the world. The weather is so unpredictable. So he um, he was like, yeah, you guys, we're going to need more than that. Um, we, we got super lucky and it took us 26 days. We had three weather days. Um, we, we would move on days where the weather wasn't ideal, but because a lot of the travel was down flat in the valley, 
um, you, you could do that. It wasn't, it wasn't the most pleasant experience, but you could still keep moving. So we, yeah, we kept on that, uh, schedule of about, yeah, 23 movement days. Okay. So 23 movement days, you took a total of 26 days. First of all, 26 days is a long time to be around the same group of people doing anything. Throw in a bunch of hardships and challenging conditions at times and, you know, wind whipping and the like. And we just are kind of ratcheting up, well, the the relevant elements, let's say. I don't know. The Arctic 12, it's a film that does a lot of things. It's showing off gorgeous areas of northern Sweden, but man... It is tempting to say this is kind of a case study in group dynamics. Does that seem fair? I'd, I'd say that's pretty accurate. I I think um, the production team they were they were like, "Ooh, this could be really interesting." You've got two two couples because we're two couples, so you've got myself and Reina. We're married, and then Ben and Aaron. They've been together for I th- I think five years. So so two two couples. Brandon and I were free riders. Ben and Aaron, they're IFMGA mountain guides. So from from mountain backgrounds, but very very different mountain backgrounds. Um, and my whole idea was, oh, this is going to be great. We'll complement each other because we're the skiers. They ski, but they're they're not skiers in the same way that we are. Um, we're not alpinist. We're eager to learn, but we we've been always completely honest like yeah we're we're here we'll learn but we're we don't have at this point in our lives the technical skills to to lead a lot of the stuff it's something we want something i want at some point but um i spent the previous years focusing on the free ride world tour and and reina still is so it's just not it hasn't been something that we've really fully dove into um, so I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be really an interesting com- combination, um, that hopefully will complement each other. Um, and, and it'll be, I had done some expeditions before, uh, maybe not quite as many as Benj and, um, Aaron, but I've been out for, I mean, I've been out in the Himalayas, uh, mountaineering for 40 plus days, on a Knowles trip or whatever. And I've been glacier camping out in Alaska multiple times. So it's done. And I just came from a 10 day trip with a, with a picture team earlier in this winter, uh, with a bunch of people that I'd never met. I met one of the, one of the guys like at a film festival. Um, but other than that, like I didn't know anyone. Um, and Raina had never been, on an expedition before he'd been winter camping for four days kind of out in our backyard on four like really nice like sunny (laughs) kind of like perfect spring conditions um so i was like you know there was no hiding the fact that this is going to there are going to be a lot of new experiences for certain people um but the idea was that we would complement each other which to be honest, actually, having heard you just explain your own background and the like, I'd say that actually sounds pretty reasonable. 
like a, a reasonable expectation. And we know there's going to be some new stuff here. And that was your kind of take going in. Had you had these conversations as a group and sort of like how much communication was there versus how much was like, I don't know, we just, we put this stuff together and, but there wasn't a lot of time prior, you know, to embarking really talking about this. Yeah. We'd had like Erin and I had had most of the communication um, because she had been always involved in even the, the original idea. And we had been together out in the mountains and, and she knew uh, that my technical skills were not nearly on the same level as, as them because that part of the reason why we got together because I was like, Oh, what can I'd love to learn? I'd love to, um, yeah, just super eager to earn, learn, not like I, not the kind of person that's like, Oh yeah, I know my shit. Um, I have no problem saying I'm a rookie when it comes to mountaineering. And Benj, I had just met, I, I hadn't been in the mountains with him. I just met him in, in the Grove when I was there to do a little mini camp with Aaron and, and just talk about some logistics. Um, but it seemed like, you know, I was like, I know Aaron fairly well. This is her partner. She trusts him. She wants to have him here. Makes sense. Um, so I, I, and then when Raina got brought onto the team, we also never said that he's an alpinist or he's, you know, big into expeditions or stuff like that. Um, I, I felt like we're, I was at least pretty honest, like of where everyone stood and that um, everyone was going to have different strengths and different weaknesses. So I, I thought that had been made aware, but I don't know. It didn't really, <laughs> it, it, once we actually got out there or even like during the whole preparation and everything, um, some, something, something happened and the, the tension, the tension and the trust or like the worry or whatever, it just kind of started growing even before we left the trailhead. Um, I think what we had discussed like, People knew that we wanted to make a movie. The whole team knew that. Um, but maybe I didn't, maybe I failed to go into enough detail as to what that would involve. Maybe that's where part of my failure came in. Um, but I'm, I am, I'm not, I'm not sure. Cause I'm, I come from a different world. Uh, and I, I learned that there are some pretty big differences from like how alpinists approach things versus big mountain skiers. Can you say a bit more specifically on that? Because I, it'd be like a little bit generalizing, I, I suppose, because I haven't, I can't say that I've honestly met or spent that much time with alpinists. But based on these two groups, um, the free riders were a little bit more, let's enjoy the moment. Um, of course, skiing is kind of like the number one to us. Um, and safety is a, is a big thing. Um, so we understand that in just enjoying the moment, is not always a possibility. Um, whereas on the alpinist side of things is trimming weight and moving fast and holding a certain pace. And, um, 
taking a more technical approach when maybe not always necessary. Uh, so those, it's two very different approaches to the mountain. Um, and they, they didn't quite mesh together quite as well as I had hoped for. Everybody needs to watch this. You know, let's, let's not bury the lead here because I do think this is going to be a really, really important film for basically literally everybody on earth who watches it. Because I found myself thinking like, look, on the one hand, very, very few people are going to actually be out doing 26 day expeditions, but a whole lot of us will be doing a multi-day hut trip or even a longer day in the backcountry with some people that you know better or worse. And then all of us are in relationships, right? With friends or with parents or with significant others or whatever. And man, I just found myself watching this thing. It's like we had you all in a Petri dish, right? And it's like, if you're not able to watch this and start recognizing that there are probably some significant lessons about how you as an individual might react to other people or just seeing these different dynamics taking place. It's like, you're asleep at the wheel right now. Right. And, and that's where honestly, I'm like, I don't know that I've actually ever watched anything like this before. I mean, you lived it, not me, but like, what does that sound like hearing me say that? I, I, yeah, I agree completely. And, and I don't think I've seen anything else like that. I've, I've watched different expedition films and that like as some of it is part of the inspiration for for this film and i see the moments where i'm like there is a backstory to that there's there's more and what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of show a little bit more of that backstory like what is actually happening um amongst amongst the group amongst the individuals um and i think it's important i mean yeah of course most people are not going to go out for that long. Um, but you can have these communication breakdowns on one day trips and it could lead to disaster or multiple. I mean, not that we, we didn't necessarily have disaster, but we definitely had communication issues and it's, uh, I, I mean, I'm still learning how to avoid it. I feel like you, should have had a better interviewing process beforehand or something or, or some trial runs. And I, and I think that's, you know, what most people ideally try to do is you go out on some smaller one day, two day, like mini expeditions to try and get an idea of like where the whole team is. Um, maybe that would have worked, but again, it's, it's, we're in a pandemic. It's hard enough just to get part of the team up there and we live, we live in northern Sweden, pretty much. They live in France. It's not, it's not like I can just pop over for the weekend and, you know, meet up with them. So we didn't, we unfortunately didn't really have that, that possibility to get some test runs before going out. So our 26 day expedition was like a long test run. When did the expedition actually end. Give me a sense of we're talking. It's October 22nd, 2021. When was your last day of the expedition? 
April 29th, Rand's birthday. So you've had some months to sort of think through this experience. Again, I mean, I, I think this film is going to be such an important learning tool for, as I said, I mean, whether you are into ski expeditions or multi-day bike trips or like virtually anything that involves several human beings, have you come to find just other, for yourself, significant takeaways? Or, I mean, you mentioned like, I don't know, maybe a better interviewing process or something like that. But, and I, I think by watching the film, everybody watching is going to have their particular takeaways, right? And to be very frank, I think some of us watched it and are like, oh, right. There are more effective ways and less effective ways to talk to people. And I, I found myself thinking like, yeah, I guarantee that I could do a better job of that. Now, I hope nobody follows up with interviews to anyone I work with at Blister because they would absolutely say like, that's 100% true, Jonathan. But um, but I'm just curious for you personally. I Yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought a lot, too much, um, probably an unhealthy amount about what happened, unfortunately. Um, and like recently, one of them, one of um, one of the guys wanted to wanted to debrief, um, you know, just like a few weeks ago. And part of me was like, oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. But then another part of me is like, there's really nothing to debrief. It just didn't work. We just we just have different ideas of how we want to go about and move about in the mountains. And I think that's just the reality. It's like sometimes um, you can debrief and you can fix it and you can go back out and, and make another effort. Um, and sometimes it's just certain people shouldn't do certain things together. And I think it is unfortunately a bit more of that situation. Um, and, and I think that it's not to it's not really a disrespect. I mean, I think they like the other half would probably agree. Right. Actually, I know that Benj agrees. He wants to go out there again, but just not, not with these people. Um, and, and I, you know, when you hear that, it's hard for it to not kind of hit you a little personally, but then it's like, well, I mean, I feel the same way. Um, I think the, the good thing is, um, because somebody that had seen uh, the movie had asked me, like, oh, I hope that you're still interested in expeditions and stuff. At no point did I not want to be out there. I just didn't want to deal with the drama. Um, and Reina, who has never done expeditions before, he wants to do it some more. He wants to do more of it. And he is like, you're typical like resort he likes his chairlift he likes to free ride um and he wants to go out and do more expeditions and more stuff like that and i want to do more of it too i just um gonna think a little bit differently when it comes maybe to putting together a team especially for something long like that um maybe try to have that testing period beforehand so we we make sure that or like really, really thorough conversation. So it, you know, there's no doubt that everyone is on the same page. Yeah. And I, 
it doesn't even need to be said. I think we maybe have already at least hinted at this. I mean, we're talking about an incredibly accomplished group of people, right? Like this is like you all are, you've said in, in different ways, in different areas, this is an impressive group. So that kind of goes without saying, but it is fascinating. We kind of, a few minutes ago, we're talking about what could be done different, you know, communication styles, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like on the one hand, what could be done to bring various people together to go, you know, in the most productive way possible, go accomplish a goal together. Okay. We talked about that a bit and we're, I think people who watch that will find themselves thinking through things that, you know, they might be able to do better in a given situation. But I think there's also, as you've kind of been saying and just said, there is a wisdom in realizing, yeah, sometimes there just might not be the right fit. And again, anybody thinking about certain friendships, anybody thinking about, should I get into a relationship with a person or not? Like where, where do we click? Where do maybe we just not, where are there perhaps deal breakers? Where, where is somebody, uh, a person that we can go have a great time on a Friday night at the bar, but maybe best to not go do other activities. Frankly, I, like, I think I'm probably somebody more in the camp of like, we can always, you should always be able to figure it out, right? We should be able to probably go do anything all the time with anybody. And it's like, yeah, that's, um, that's probably not the wisest take on things. I think I like, I like to have that optimism that, you know, you can find ways to work with everyone. And, and like you said, it's, it's a very accomplished group of people. I mean, you're talking like French national climbing team member, like former, I think the 11th female American female mountain guide, international mountain guide, former world champion, you know, like in big mountain skiing, like, like everyone's roster individually is pretty stacked. And it, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, it, it didn't, we weren't able to find that like harmony. Um, Cause it's not, you know, it was expected that there was going to be some conversations or even fights or stuff like that. I mean, that's like, I mean, I fight with my husband. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and, or, I am yeah. shocked to learn yeah. this. But hmm. we still work. We still, you know, we have, we have our, our moments and, um, you know, you, once you spend that much time with a friend, especially, you know, good friends, you, they irritate you. Um, you have your moments and then you just kind of, you get over it and start working and you move forward. But we never really, we, we would have our moments, but I don't think a lot of us ever got over it, but we just keep working. A few people said to me like, why did you keep going? Um, like, like a lot of people are like, I would have, <laughs> I would have quit a few days in or, um, I wouldn't have bothered. And then I think that's like, 
that's what I definitely appreciate about the group is that regardless of how frustrated everyone might have been with everyone else, um, even if we had different ideas of what the end goal was, we still we still kept together and just toughed it out and and stuck together as a group. Um, and because there were moments where I was afraid, I was like, I didn't want to say too much because I didn't want anyone to leave because we needed each other to, to make this happen. Um, and it wasn't, you know, as simple as like, Oh, okay. You're not working. Like just go, you don't need to be here. I wanted everyone to, to stick together, even though it wasn't harmony. So as, as frustrating as it was, I'm grateful that we all stuck it out through the end because I think normal people would not have especially you know halfway through when we have a cash and there's a car and <laughs> see you later <laughs> yeah so really though there is no well there might be a part of you but you really don't think in hindsight like we should have just shut it down you are happier you, there is more satisfaction with like, we pulled this off. It was very hard in a lot of different ways, but we pulled it off as opposed to shutting it down halfway through. I think for some of the others that didn't have as much invested as myself, that was possible. And that's partially why I'm so grateful that given how trying the situation was, that Nobody did just say, I, I don't have to deal with this. Um, I'm out. But for me, I had, this was my, this is my set, second movie project that I had worked on as a, you know, a producer. And the one prior to that, I had another partner as a co-producer. Um, and so it felt like I, you know, had, had somebody there to lean on. And this is the first time that I was like, okay, this is all dependent on me figuring this out. So I had too much invested. And I, and I think that's also part of the problem, part of like, because I, I had so many ideas of how it was going to be and how it was going to come together. Um, I knew it was going to be, I knew I was going to have moments where it was going to be hard. I was going to be exhausted. Um but I, I, I thought it was going to be overall a little bit more enjoyable as far as the group dynamics. Um, so, yeah, I, I just personally, I had too much invested. I didn't want to walk away, and I just hoped that no one did. Um, so and I can't believe nobody did. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, Jackie, there are ski films out there where it's fun to grab a bucket of popcorn and kind of, I don't know, hoot and holler with your friends and stuff and get excited for ski season. I'm not sure this is that film, but I am certain that this is a far more rare film that people like actually need to watch like there's a lot of fun ski porn out there right like we can this goes back for many decades where you can grab it and go get psyched for snow 
if I've seen a movie like this, I have forgotten about it. And I don't think I'm going to find myself forgetting about this one anytime soon. And so I appreciate you putting it out. You know, there's a lot of talk, I feel like, these days about people... It's like, here's my authentic Instagram post or something, and we say some things or whatever, and it's like, well, this this one feels quite raw. And I think that your willingness to put this out there is actually going to have significant positive effects on a lot of people going out into wilderness areas And there is a lot of talk, perhaps an increasing amount of talk these days about the importance of communication. This drills down and shows a very real world example of some of this. And I think there's going to be a lot of lessons learned and a lot of um, a lot of takeaways to a whole lot of people around the world. So I commend you and the group for this. Congratulations on on actually completing this expedition and um oh yeah and uh congratulations on uh you know your upcoming next venture into the unknown yeah oh thank you so much <laughs> well good luck with all of it and um we should say when does arctic 12 come out where should people go to find the film yeah, so you can go to arctic12.com and there you have a lot of the listings. The Picture Family Film Tour, they are putting on a ton of stops all across the U.S. Um, so we, we have those listed on our website. Um, and we're still, we haven't saw, we haven't like finalized the online release, but that, if I were to guess, it'd be sometime around mid-January um for the online launch but um we'll be yeah touring around uh the states a bit in europe a bit in sweden up until then yeah so go to arctic12.com and find a stop near you yeah exactly excellent jackie thank you good to connect and uh good to drill down on this uh remarkable film and and catch up and learn more about the exciting stuff you've got on your horizon so thanks for taking the time yeah thanks for having me well that's it for this edition of the blister podcast i want to say thanks to jackie for the conversation thanks to taylor ahern for producing this episode and from all of us here in gunnison and crested butte colorado Please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again later this week over on our Off the Couch podcast, our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast, and this Friday on Gear 30. Talk to you then, everybody.